Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing so. We have a wonder, and by the way, this is 1116B. The Bs are always great guests, the As the latest medical news of the week, and what it means to you and aging. But that's kind of the name of the person we're interviewing today. She is the host of her own podcast, a great podcast, Nicole Christina of Zestful Aging. Um, And it is exactly what all of us want to do, age with zest. I think that's correct. I don't know if that's the right verb and adjective way of using the words, um, but I didn't do very well in English in college or high school, so I guess I can uh, blame it on my uh, poor uh, work in, at those ages. Um, but I am zesting agefully now, or um, zestful aging is what I want to do, and hopefully most of my patients do as well, um, because that's so key. And I should tell all of us that we are sponsored by, as usual, Lice First Naturals. Lice First Naturals, the makers of both True Biotics and bovine colostrum. You can see the randomized double-blind studies on their website of how this helps immune aging, vaginal aging, your health in general, and even bone aging. And by the way, you can see the bovine colostrum data too on how it helps prevent bloating and the changes in leaky gut that would normally occur with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs as well. Nicole uh, Christina, in addition uh, to hosting her own podcast, has been a psychotherapist for 30 years, specializing in eating disorders. Um, The Zestful Aging Podcast, you can go to zestfulaging.com or any of the podcast sites such as um, iHeart, I assume that it's there as well as Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, the and let's uh, if since I focus on the aged, um, let's talk about um, the uh, if you will the uh, eating disorders in the elderly. Um, when I go to the uh, retirement community homes, I notice that some women, and it may be more women than men, and you'll have to tell, tell me that, Nicole, but some women look awful thin, and I worry that they're getting frail because of their eating habits. Um, is that right? Well, we are seeing an increase in older women, and when I say older, I mean um about 50 or older, we're seeing an increase of about in the past decade, about a 42% jump um, just in the past decade. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, men aren't as likely to come in for eating disorders, but it's 
pretty well established that women uh, suffer from these disorders more than men. And um, do they often come in themselves or do they, uh, are they sent in by their physicians? How do they get to you? That's a great question. Actually, uh, um, present company accepted, I'm sure. (laughs) Physicians aren't necessarily very well-trained in picking up eating disorders. Um, They have a lot of other things to be thinking about. So what we see is that they can kind of slip through uh, the the physician may or may not, you know, screen for that because they have other things on their mind. Oftentimes what will happen is since this, this disorder has a lot of shame associated with it, um, it, people need to be pushed a bit and oftentimes they're pushed by their spouses or their kids because at this age they also feel like, hey, this is a teenage disorder um, or I'm not thin enough to have an eating disorder. So there's embarrassment and shame. And if they are bulimic and they're making themselves throw up, that's not, of course, something that people uh, really necessarily want to share openly. So there's a lot of secrecy um, that's, that, that keeps this um, under wraps and makes it more complicated uh, to treat. Now, in the young... Some of this is for, I assume, and I am as rookie at this as you can be as a physician, other than spotting it and referring it, but I know none of the the differences with life. But I've assumed that some of it in the young is because of the role models of very thin models and of appearances. What is the, what's the driver as, as people get old? No, that, that's a great question. If we think about what's happening at the height of an adolescent onset, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen this, is kids go off to school, there's major transitions, major identity changes, and, uh, you know, to sort of try to control that and, and make your world smaller so you don't uh, become overwhelmed. Um, people will hyper-focus on their eating. Certainly, the internet has been a disaster for that. But if we think about older women now, and we think about women 45 to 50, just for starters, we've got a lot of transitions again. It's another time of life where there's a lot of turmoil. So uh, we might have an empty nest situation we may have women who have been working very uh, in a very focused way, and then they're starting to say, listen, I'm seeing the end of my career. I see this a lot, by the way, with teachers. I have a lot of teachers in my practice, and they have truly de- dedicated themselves to their work, and teachers, at least in New York State, can retire on the early side, 55 and so they're seeing now what is at the other side of this. I have really not developed many, you know, other hobbies or other pursuits because it's a full, it's more than a full-time job. So we have that. Then we have friends and perhaps perhaps partners getting sick or dying. 
also parents failing. So there's a lot of loss and grieving associated with this phase of life, facing mortality, especially when our parents are aging, you know, and failing and and dying. You know, we know who's up next. It's hard to avoid the reality that we are also looking at the end of our lives. Um, and, and, and as women age, of course, you know, we become less like the ideal. You know, there's just, you can do all the plastic surgery and drink all the kale smoothies you want, but you're not going to be able to, you know, biology always wins at the end of the day. And so things are not as taut and smooth and, you know, clear as they had been. Even if you take really good care of yourself, there's some acceptance that the body has changed, uh, perhaps also um, through menopause, perhaps there's some weight gain associated with that. So there's just an awful lot to navigate. And a way to simplify that is actually very elegant, although it has terrible side effects, is you just focus on your grams of fat, carbs, you know, keto, weighing, you know, and you get so reinforced by this. So when women start losing weight, as as we know, they get tremendous reinforcement. And so it becomes very seductive to keep going. And um, the the interesting, I suppose, thing is how... I think it's very tough for this to be treated in um, adolescence, as I understand it. And you'll have to correct yeah. me. Is it as tough in the elderly to treat this, or is it um, easier to? In other words, is there is and and what is the treatment for this? And I should say, as as always, we're talking to Nicole Christina. And she is the host of her podcast, Zestful Aging. And uh, Zestful Aging is just what it is, being zestful as you age. And uh, her podcast is downloadable from virtually every place podcasts are downloadable from. In addition, you want to find out more, go to ZestfulAging.com. So, Nicole, is and there a... And you were just a guest last week. Your, your episode on my podcast went up. Uh, so <laughs> that just speaks to the high quality of uh, the production. <laughs> <laughs> that we... Uh, um, Thank you. Um, so is there a difference in the success rate? Um, in other words, is it easier to treat uh, older people or harder to treat older people? Um, I know I know as my parents got old and uh, they're they've passed on, I mean, I'm already seventy six and they didn't have me till they were forty. Um, so um, if you will, um, my my father developed a food liking for one food only. He loved ice cream and didn't like very much else. Um, and obviously, ice cream is not nutrient rich. Um, it is so. Uh, 
although he he stayed with a normal weight, I believe he would have you would consider that an eating disorder. The elderly, is it possible to treat? The, are those easily treatable or difficult to treat? It's a complex thing, uh, as as you know, as you can imagine. It really depends on is this something that has just emerged or is this a resurfacing of an eating disorder that was pretty entrenched as an adolescent. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what's the motivation? Are they just, are these uh, folks just doing this because they're getting a lot of pressure? If that is their only motivation, you're going to have an uphill battle as a clinician because they're not internally motivated you know, but many of them are. I should say, though, just to um, sort of backtrack, eating disorders have the highest uh, rate of uh, mortality of any psychological disorders. So I would really encourage your listeners, if they know somebody or if their parents or their aunts and uncles or their peers are looking like they're being particularly strange around food, they have you know, they've noticed that they've had a big increase or decrease in weight. You find them measuring food, even vomiting in the, you know, the bathroom, having GI problems. You might want to, you know, gently confront them and let them know you're really worried about them. Now, you're probably not going to get a, a grateful response, um, <laughs> but I think it's worth noting that these are very serious. This isn't just a diet. This is a diet that's gone terribly wrong and that can have enormous impact on physiology. So, um, and I was just going to, if you want to learn more, I would suggest your listeners go to NEDA, N-E-D-A, the National Eating Disorders Association website. They have a lot of resources. So I just wanted to put that plug in for uh, support and prevention for folks that are listening. And as as final words, so one is, um, how do they die? Do they die by just being nutrient poor and and a cardiac cachexia? Do they die because uh, they fall and break bones? What's the or is it multiple methods or do they commit suicide? What's going on? They there is a high rate of suicide. Yes. And for people who are uh, purging, you know, as you know, the electrolytes get really uh, uh, off balance. They can, uh, heart attack is another one. Certainly people have terrible osteoporosis. So there's a variety of things that can go wrong. We're talking with Nicole Christina, host of a wonderful podcast, Zestful Aging, and please do download it, listen to it, it'll be fun. Um, This is Dr. Mike Roizen. You've been listening to You, the Owner's Manual podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you downloaded us from. This has been episode 1116. Yeah, that's right. We've been doing it for 21 plus years. Uh, Maybe that's 22 plus years. Um, I have to measure, multiply 51 times uh, or divide 1116 by 51 to figure out how long we've been doing it for. But we are sponsored by Life's First Naturals. Life's First Naturals, 
the makers of TrueBiotics and Bovine Colostrum. Go to their website, even if it's just as a favor to me, so that they see there's someone who cares about them. Lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of Bovine Colostrum and TrueBiotics. They've got some wonderful randomized controlled data trials that show you their worth in specific conditions, like if you exercise a lot or take non-steroidals or even baby aspirin, another one of the non-steroidals. Um, thanks, Caitlin, for great engineering. Nicole, thank you for coming on. Zestful Aging is mm -hmm. her podcast, and obviously there's a lot of great information about aging and aging well, zestfully, at the Zestful Aging podcast. Thanks again.